All righty, you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZM Lincoln, KZM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at kzm.org. Or perhaps you're using one of those handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator devices, which you take everywhere with you. And you're listening to me on your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio. Or... You could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the KZUM archives, which can be found online at kzum.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening, thank you. And thank you to all of those who supported KZUM during the 45th birthday fun drive last month. You know, it's never too late to donate to KZUM. You can do so by going online to kzum.org and clicking that donate button. All righty, so that was another 100 people that we just heard. Pamela Myers doing that. And, uh, you know, I just picked music today. There was really no rhyme or reason to it. It was just what I wanted to hear. So I hope that you enjoy it as well. But I've got a lot of news to try to cover for you today as well. So where are we going to start out with all that, you say? Well, how about we go over to uh, pinknews.com. That's thepinknews.com, their new URL. Wanted to make sure that you uh, knew the new one there. Been sharing that with you ever since I discovered it was new. But it may be a UK news source, but it's talking about Nebraska. Yes. Uh, And, of course, it's talking about Michaela Kavanaugh, the Democrat who is filibustering for four or for three weeks and counting, uh, according to this article from yesterday, March 18th, by Chantel Bilson. There we go. Get my glasses angled right so that I can read. Eh, Yeah. Love being uh, in my 40s. All righty. So. Uh, Democrat Michaela Kavanaugh is in her fourth week of filibustering every bill that comes before the Nebraska legislature. She has promised to burn the session to the ground to prevent a bill which would ban gender-affirming care for those 18 and younger from becoming law. She began to filibuster just over three weeks ago on the 23rd of February, holding up entirely unrelated bills so that the legislature can't get to the anti-trans measure. To filibuster is to talk for as long as possible in a bid to stop legislation from passing. She is a uh, um, mentee of... Ernie Chambers, if you hadn't figured that part out. Uh, If the bill isn't passed by the end of the legislature's session on June 9th, it will fail. As reported by NBC News, uh, Michaela Kavanaugh said, if this legislature uh, collectively decides that legislating hate against children is our priority, then I'm going to make it painful, painful for everyone. If you want to inflict pain upon our children, I'm going to inflict pain upon this body, and I have nothing but time, and I'm going to use all of it. The bill Kavanaugh hopes to block aims to prevent those 18 and younger from receiving crucial gender-affirming health care, including puberty blockers. If passed, the bill would also prohibit any institution or provider of gender-affirming care to minors from receiving state funding. As she said, I'm forcing their hand. In an interview uh, with MSNBC, Michaela Kavanaugh said that by filibustering, she is attempting to make her colleagues choose between bills that target trans health care and other legislature. 
So I'm just going to practically make sure that my colleagues have to make a choice about what it is they want to do, what our job is. Is our job to legislate hate or is our job to govern and work on tax cuts and work on the economy? So I'm forcing their hand. Even while she was suffering from strep throat, Kavanaugh filibustered, she added, quote, at the end of the day, this is going to hurt children. I don't care how sick I get. I don't care how tired I am. I'm not going to look back on this moment in time and say I didn't do everything that I possibly could to fight for and protect children, especially our most vulnerable children, which are trans youth. Three bills advanced in three weeks due to Kavanaugh's filibustering tactics. Clerk of the legislature, Brandon Metzler, uh, said a delay like the one caused by Kavanaugh has only happened a couple of times in the past decade. Currently, only 26 bills have moved forward from the first of three rounds of debate needed to pass a bill in Nebraska. Usually by mid-March, Metzler said, Two or three times the current number of bills would have been advanced. In fact, since Kavanaugh began her blockade, only three bills have advanced, according to the AP News. Uh, Abby Swatsworth, executive director of LGBTQ plus advocacy group Out Nebraska, said Kavanaugh's effort has been greatly appreciated by the LGBTQ plus community. Quote, we really see it as a heroic effort. It is extremely meaningful when an ally does more than pay lip service to allyship. She really is leading this charge. And according to NBC News analysis, so far this year, lawmakers in at least 24 states, including Nebraska, have introduced legislation that would restrict gender-affirming care for minors. Yes, so hats off to you, Ms. Kavanaugh, for doing your best. Uh, I know I appreciate it, and I'm sure that many of our transgender listeners and their allies appreciate it as well. Which reminds me, a little bit of a side note, just because you have gay friends doesn't mean you're a gay ally. Just because you have lesbian friends doesn't mean you're a lesbian ally. Just because you have bisexual friends doesn't mean you're a bi ally. Just because you have trans friends doesn't mean you're a trans ally. Being an ally is actively participating to make life better. Think about that one. You may not agree with me on that, but think about that. All righty. Well, let's see here. Do I have time to swoop into something else? Well, I think so, because this is kind of related. This is from uh, Daniel Villarreal, writing on LGBTQNation.com from Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Uh, The headline reads, Lawmaker begs trans kids not to give up an impassioned speech against trans health care ban. And this isn't from Kavanaugh. This is from Georgia State Representative Carla Drenner, a Democrat. She made an emotional plea for transgender youth in her state who will be harmed by legislation banning gender-affirming care. She said, please don't kill yourself. Drenner made her plea in a Thursday House floor speech against SB 140, a bill that would prohibit medical professionals from giving minors hormone replacement therapies or gender-affirming surgeries, which are rarely, if ever, performed on minors, the article points out, and I stress. The bill doesn't ban the prescription of puberty blockers. Hey, that's something, I guess. 
Uh, she's quoted as saying uh, by Ross Story here in her speech, I am so sad today. I've been here 23 years. I was the first openly gay state representative in the South. I have bared witness to lots of bills over the years that have impacted the LGBTQ community. What you are talking about today is somebody's child. You are telling these parents that they are bad parents because they want to take care of their children. I believe that you mean well, but this is wrong. To all the children in our state that are going to be negatively impacted, please don't lose hope. Please don't give up. Please don't kill yourself. This world is worth it. We need you. She concluded her speech with, please don't vote for this bill. The bill is expected to pass the state's Republican-led Senate, however. Drenner is correct that banning gender-affirming care increases suicide, uh, suicidal ideology among trans youth. The American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, the American Psychological Association, and other major medical and mental health organizations consider gender-affirming medical care as necessary and cite studies showing that such care reduces mental anguish and suicide risk among trans youth. I'll let you read the entirety of the article because there's quite a bit more to it there. Uh, at your leisure, I'll be posting that link over to our Facebook page for Lavender Hill, along with other things that we have discussed on today's show. But it is time to take a little bit of a music break here. Yeah. Give my voice a rest, right? <laughs> or your ears a rest for my voice, one or the other. Romanowski and Phillips off of their uh, Be Political, Not Polite, which is kind of where I'm at at the moment. Queers in the Closet. Little Romanowski and Phillips there off of their Be Political, Not Polite. That was Queers in the Closet. All righty, well, this isn't exactly Queers in the Closet, but it does make you wonder about Florida Man sometimes. <laughs> uh, according to an article from today, Sunday, March 19th, 2023, by Molly Spray Reagan over on LGBTQNation.com, plaintiffs in the Don't Say Gay lawsuit are still fighting to repeal the law. Yep. That's what it is. Uh-huh. LGBTQ plus organization Family Equality is not giving up on its legal challenge to Florida's Don't Say Gay Law, HB 1557. A press release from Family Equality announced that the organization, along with individual students, families, and teachers, have, fired and have filed an appeal after a lower court dismissed the group's initial challenge to the law. The law bans discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade and restricts such discussions in older grades. It has been used to curtail discussions about LGBTQ plus people and leave students without help if they're being bullied because of their identities. A recent survey found that over half of LGBTQ plus parents in Florida are considering leaving the state. We are already seeing the harmful effects of HB 1557, said Family Equity CEO State Equality, pardon me, CEO Stacy Stevenson. A recent study by the Williams Institute on the impact of this law on LGBTQ plus parents in Florida found that 56% of LGBTQ plus parents surveyed considered moving out of Florida because of the bill, and 17% have taken steps to do so. 
And those are just the families who have the resources to relocate. We're a plaintiff in, in this appeal to fight for the freedoms of all LGBTQ plus families in Florida. The bottom line is our families in Florida need, the, need and deserve protections. And that's what we're fighting for. The group filed its initial complaint last year in the United States District Court for the Northern District of Florida, claiming the Don't Say Gay law violates the First and Fourteenth Amendments of the Constitution and arguing that the law is deliberately vague. In October 2022, U.S. District Judge Alan Windsor, who was appointed by Trump, dismissed the complaint, and in February of this year, Windsor also dismissed an amended version. The lawsuit said that LGBTQ plus students were being, quote, denied equal educational opportunities and that the law created, quote, a discriminatory educational environment that treats LGBTQ plus people and issues as something to be shunned and avoided on pain of discipline and liability, end quote. Windsor wrote in his denial that, quote, plaintiffs have shown a strident disagreement with the new law, and they have alleged facts to show its very existence causes them deep hurt and disappointment. But to invoke a federal court's jurisdiction, they must allege more. Their failure to do so requires dismissal, end quote. Windsor's nomination was opposed by civil rights organizations in part because of his long history of working on cases to restrict the rights of women, and LGBTQ plus people. He worked on several cases defending Florida's ban on marriage equality, arguing in one that the state should be allowed to ban same-sex couples from getting married because of, quote, a clear and essential connection between heterosexual marriage and responsible procreation and childbearing, end quote. Yeah. I'll let you read more on that yourself. And, of course, there's always embedded links in these articles to earlier coverage as well as more information. So if you feel the urge while you're fly, floating around on Facebook uh, and visiting the Lavender Hill page, follow those links and see what we've got going for you there or see what they have going for you there. All righty. Well, we're going to go from Florida to Kentucky. Yeah, not necessarily a whole lot different there in some situations but we're also going to hop the pond again and visit the news source of thepinknews.com uh, this is an article by Harriet Williamson from yesterday Saturday March 18th 2023 under their trans heading for news Kentucky passes the worst anti-trans bill in America at least today uh, lawmakers in Kentucky have passed an expanded anti-trans bill which targets the rights of vulnerable young trans people in the state. The American Civil Liberties Union of Kentucky denounced the legislation as the worst anti-trans bill in the nation. On Thursday night, the 16th of March, the state's legislature passed the bill in a matter of hours with approval from a committee and both the State House and Senate. Senate Bill 150 seeks to ban gender-affirming health care for trans youth, requires doctors to detransition young, young trans people, and prevents schools from discussing gender identity or sexual orientation with students of any age. The bill's original focus was on schools, with provisions to force teachers and students to misgender their own pupils and classmates and allow parents to opt their children out of any lessons discussing sexuality. 
new additions from another anti-trans bill, House, House Bill 470, were tacked onto SB 150, widening it to include a ban on gender-affirming health care for trans young people and requiring school districts to form policies that, quote, at a minimum, end quote, would prevent trans children from using bathrooms and locker rooms consistent with their gender identity. SB 150 also specifies that doctors must create a timeline to taper off treatment for children currently receiving hormone therapy or puberty blockers, but only if immediately stopping the treatment could physically harm them in service of the ultimate goal of detransitioning young people. So a timeline to taper them off only if taking them off of it cold turkey would harm them. Yeah, can that timeline be till they're 19? Somehow I don't think so. Anywho, Kentucky State Senator Dr. Karen Berg, who lost her trans son to suicide in 2022, spoke out passionately against the bill, describing the vote on Twitter as one to, quote, to remove basic rights from members of the trans community, their parents, and their doctors. She added, hate has no shame in this state. Unfortunately, it seems to be that hate has no shame in at least 24 states in the United States. Uh, this is, uh, according to some, a dangerous and unconstitutional bill. The Trevor Project, which we're going to talk about in more detail later, uh, condemned the bill, describing it as appalling and dangerous. Director of State Advocacy Campaigns Troy Stevenson said, quote, It is appalling to see Kentucky lawmakers work so hastily on dangerous legislation that will only put young LGBTQ plus Kentuckians in harm's way. In the last year, nearly half of LGBTQ plus youth in Kentucky seriously considered suicide alarmingly. Nearly one in four transgender and non-binary youth in the state made such an attempt. Our readers are pushing political, or excuse me, our leaders are pushing political wedges, or wedge issues and sidestepping the real challenges like addressing the youth mental health crisis. Stevenson continued, the Kentucky legislature should not be inserting itself into critical decisions best left to parents and doctors by imposing a blanket ban on best practice medical care. We urge the governor, he continues, to reject this harmful legislation and send a message to the young LGBTQ plus Kentuckians watching these debates that they belong in this state. There is more to that, and I'll let you read that if you so desire over on the Lavender Hill Facebook page. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff to try to cover today, and most of it seems to be bad news, unfortunately. Uh, is what it is, I guess. Um, you know, I try to find good, positive stuff to share with you. And, of course, there is some good and positive stuff to share with you, uh, one of which being, you know, check out some of uh, the nonprofits in Nebraska that help LGBTQ plus 2S SOGI youth and adults. Out Nebraska being one of those. You can go to outnebraska.org. Uh, check out uh, PFLAG. Uh, there's chapters all across the state. There's chapters all across the nation, uh, you know, and see what it is that they are doing to support the community and families. Uh, get involved if you can. 
Remember, like I said earlier, true allyship, no matter your sexual orientation or gender identity, is taking an active role in bettering the community. All righty. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and go to our bottom of the hour break and come back with a little bit of music here for you. And then we will see where we go next. And that could be rather interesting. Yes. little foreshadowing without giving you any info, right? <laughs> All righty. Well, keep on listening here to KZUM and Lavender Hill. Have some music right after the break. All righty there. A little Mary Watkins there with No Hiding Place. That's off the 1977 Lesbian Concentrate album. All righty. Well, I uh, gave you a little bit of foreshadowing of this is going to be kind of an interesting one to cover next because a prosecutor in Michigan has threatened to throw a librarian, well, any librarian in the county, in jail for stocking a particular book in the library there. Daniel Villarreal writing on Wednesday, March 15th, 2023 for LGBTQNation.com. A Michigan County prosecutor has threatened to file criminal charges against public library workers for allowing minors to check out an LGBTQ-themed graphic novel that contains, in the prosecutor's words, quote, child sexual abusive material, end quote. The county's library director has said the prosecutor is welcome to arrest her whenever he likes. Lapeer County Prosecutor John Miller, a Republican in Michigan, says the book, Maya Kababi's Gender Queer, a memoir, quote, borders on child sexual abusive material, end quote, according to Bridge, Michigan, one of the local news outlets there, because it allegedly contains, quote, drawings of sex acts that appeared to involve prepubescent boys, end quote. He said he began investigating the book after several county commissioners approached him about it. Now, if you are familiar at all with the uh, probably most banned book of the last three years or so, well, four years now, I guess, uh, Maya Kobabi's uh, graphic novel has been all the news. And I think that kind of defeats the purpose of what some of the conservatives are doing out there. But anywho, uh, Miller says the book's presence in the county's eight public libraries may, may violate a law against enticing anyone under 16, quote, to commit an immoral act, to submit to an act of sexual intercourse or an act of gross indecency, or to any other act of depravity or delinquency, end quote. The charge, if it's lodged, carries a maximum sentence of four years in prison and a $4,000 fine. The law is usually used to prosecute child sex abusers, as it should be. But Miller says the book, written by an asexual and non-binary author, entices young people to have sex. He says he'll consult with community members before deciding to press charges, though he doesn't know whether he'd charge the county library director, library board members, library employees, or the author themselves. Miller also says he'll speak, or said that he was going to speak at a Thursday evening Lapeer District Library Board meeting to suggest removing the book from county library shelves. I unfortunately don't have an update on that for you as of yet. If I find one, I'll post it to the uh, link over on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. 
Uh, if Miller did decide to press charges, it'll mark the first time in the state's history that a prosecutor has taken such action against a librarian. Uh, to quote him, my job is to take a position that protects our innocent and our youth. While I hope not to prosecute someone over this book, I feel it's part of the community's decision. This isn't about LGBTQ. This is about the exploitation of children, end quote. However, Amy Churchill, the director of the Lapeer District Library, doesn't seem particularly threatened by Miller's bluster. Uh, to quote her, he's trying to intim intimidate us. I am not hard to find. If Mr. Miller wishes to arrest me, I am in my office working for the patrons and staff of the Lapeer District Library Monday through Friday. <coughs> Churchill also pointed out that Miller is only targeting gender queer, but not The Joy of Sex, another library book with illustrations of heterosexual sex acts. She also said Miller first inquired about the book in January by filing a Freedom of Information Act, asking the county library system for information about the consideration, approval, and purchase process for the book. An FOIA is an extremely aggressive way to communicate with someone, Churchill said. Usually, you try to talk to them first. LGBTQ plus books and libraries have drawn anger from conservatives, leading to threats of defunding libraries and violent threats against library workers nationwide. Now, the book in question, Gender Queer, a memoir, was a was the most banned book in school libraries in 2022, according to PEN America. The graphic novel covers Kobabi's experience of discovering and accepting that he is both non-binary and asexual. The book also doubles as an instructive guide for those exploring their identities. In it, Kobabi discusses her journey toward a less gendered world where he felt freer from social gender expectations and more confident about expressing her gender identity. By high school, I had met multiple out gay, lesbian, and bisexual people, Kobabi wrote in the Washington Post. But I didn't meet an out trans or non-binary person until I was in grad school. The only place I had access to information about stories about trans transgender people was in media, mainly in books. Michigan State Republican legislatures have also introduced House Bill 4136, a bill that would require public libraries to keep, quote, obscene, end quote, books in an area that children can't access. However, most public libraries aren't constructed or arranged in ways that would accommodate this law, says Deb McCullough, executive director of the Michigan Library Association, speaking with uh, MLive. All righty. Well, there's quite a bit going on there, isn't there? And, you know, I really do think that this is going to kind of backfire on conservatives if it hasn't already. I know just about any time, at least since the advent of social media, if not before, whenever uh, conservatives of any flavor seem to push against a particular book or type of book, sales go up. More people want to know why. Which is good, in my opinion. Just means that it kind of backfires. You know, I've been seeing enough about Kobabi's book that I think I might actually have to, you know, see if I can find a copy myself. Wonder if the Lincoln Public Library system has any available copies to check out. Hmm. Might have to look into that. Anywho, 
Uh, like I said, there is a lot there to unpack and a lot of stuff going on with book banning. And you already should know my opinion on book banning. Don't do it. If you as a parent don't want your child to read a particular book, then you should be paying attention to what they're reading anyways. If they're of a certain age where you need to be monitoring what they're reading, you should read the books with them or before they read them. You know, if your child wants to check out Gender Queer, a memoir by Kababi, then maybe you should read it yourself before you decide if it's appropriate for them or not. It's not the librarian's position to say no. Besides, minors can check out Joy of Sex, can't they? And that's a rather graphic book in that kind of context. All righty, so let's move right along from book banning to another piece of music, perhaps? Maybe here in just a little bit. Uh, New Mexico has updated their anti-discrimination law to include protections for LGBTQ plus individuals. According to an article by John Russell from Thursday, March 16th, 2023, over on LGBTQNation.com. New Mexico State Legislature has passed a bill intended to update the state's existing anti-discrimination law to explicitly include LGBTQ plus protections. The Human Rights Modernization Act now goes to Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, a Democrat, for final approval, and they're expected to sign the bill. Introduced in January by State Representatives Christina Ortez and Andrea Romero, and outstate Senator Carrie Hamblin, the new law establishes a broader slate of protections for LGBTQ plus people by defining gender and sex in state law and expanding existing definitions of sexual orientation and gender identity. It also closes a loophole that has allowed tax-funded entities to discriminate against LGBTQ plus people in New Mexico. The Human Rights Modernization Act prohibits school districts, government agencies, and public contractors from discriminating based on sex, sexual orientation, gender, or gender identity. Earlier in the week, Equality News Mexico's... Uh, Excuse me. Equality New Mexico's executive director, Marshall Martinez, noted the firestorm of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation across the U.S. called passing the bill, quote, a critical step to protecting LGBTQ youth in the state. We are finally saying to queer and trans New Mexicans, we see you, we support you, and we will protect you, he said. New Mexico will no longer support or allow taxpayer-funded discrimination because of this effort. All righty, you can check out more on that as well as follow a link to uh, coverage about 420 anti-LGBTQ plus bills that have been introduced across the nation by going to that link after it's posted on our Facebook page. Well, it is time to take that music break, give my voice a little bit of a rest. We're going to hear from Katie Lang. She's kind of going under the covers here, if you will, with her album Drag. We're going to hear The Joker. All righty. Well, I told you earlier in the show that I was going to be going into some detail about something with the Trevor Project, and that's definitely what I'm going to do now. According to an article by Greg Owen from yesterday, Saturday, March 18th, 2023, over on LGBTQNation.com. 
Many staffers say the Trevor Project is in a crisis. Now, don't get too worried. Just you know, pay attention to this. The Trevor Project, which is in a which is a uh, national. Uh, hotline uh, for suicide prevention for LGBTQIA youth uh, is in crisis, according to many of the organization's staffers, so they've decided to unionize. As the LGBTQ plus community faces attacks on many fronts, the youth-centered organization, best known for its suicide hotline for queer youth, has been the target of right-wing groups focused on so-called grooming and, indo and indoctrination. It is also reeling from increased demand for services, as well as the recent dismissal of the organization's CEO. In 2022, Chaya Rechik's Libs of TikTok took aim at the Trevor Project, calling it a grooming organization in a now-deleted tweet. Uh, Trevor has also come under assault from 4chan users, clogging the organization's hotline with fake calls, verbal abuse, and death threats. An app distributed to callers to erase chat histories came under far-right scrutiny as more, quote, evidence the Trevor Project was corrupting children. Those attacks have come in the midst of both an exponential growth in demand. The Trevor Project fielded 10 times as many calls in 2022 as it did in 2017 and a crisis in the organization's management. In November last year, CEO Amit Pali uh, was removed by the Trevor Project's board of directors in response to a letter signed by over 200 employees expressing dissatisfaction with the organization's rapid scale-up. Uh, Paley was replaced by co-founder Peggy Ratsky uh, as interim CEO. The Trevor Project receives more than 200,000 calls a year. That's over 500 a day runs a social media network called Trevor Space, and conducts a widely resourced annual survey on youth mental health, the largest of its kind. Now, the sum of those services, the turmoil in management, and the outside attacks are taking a toll on the people at the Trevor Project's front lines, some 300 paid staff along with over 700 volunteers. According to uh, Sarah Halick, a uh, lead digital supervisor at the Trevor Project, speaking with Vice News, people get pretty worn out on doing this. Leadership has struggled to hear the voices of the people that are working on the front lines and make meaningful changes. Halleck says that the support they've missed from management, quote, we hope to achieve through the union. The Trevor Project's nascent guild, Friends of Trevor United, intends to unionize with the Communications Workers of America. In a letter to interim CEO Radsky, the group cited a supermajority of Trevor's 300-plus staffers supporting the move. Well, I wish them good luck. Uh, and I hope that uh, the Trevor Project can overcome some of the struggles that they've been encountering and that the community continues to support them. All righty. Well, I'm going to try to end on some good news here for you before I hand things over to Deb Anderson and the Women's Show, provided my pages will load for me. All of a sudden, the Wi-Fi got a little weird. Okay, so going to LGBTQNation.com, an article from this morning by Molly Spray Reagan, uh, LGBTQ plus activists freed from Iranian prison. That's some good news, right? An Iranian LGBTQ plus activist has reportedly been freed after initially being sentenced to death for promoting homosexuality. In 2021, Elham 
uh, Chobdar and Zahra Siddiqui Hamadani, who goes by Sarah, uh, were accused by the Urmia Public Prosecutor's Office in January of corruption on earth through promoting homosexuality, promoting Christianity, and communicating with the media opposing the Islamic Republic. They were both sentenced to death in 2022, which led to an international campaign by activists to save their lives. In January of this year, Amnesty International reported that both women's death sentences have been overturned. And on Monday, Chobdar uh, was released after her one billion reels, about $23,000, bail was paid, according to Pink News. Sarah, however, remains in prison because her bail has not been paid. She was arrested in October 2021 by intelligence forces from Iran's Islamic uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps while attempting to flee to Turkey. Uh, she is quoted as saying in a video, I am journeying toward freedom now. If I don't make it, I will have given my life for this cause. Hamdani was held in solitary confinement for two months at the Intelligence Detention Center. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Da, da, da. Yeah, lots of details there. I'll let you catch up yourself there. And in somewhat related good news, if you will, uh, a gay, gay asylum seeker who arrived in the UK on a dinghy boat pleads with government to show mercy. And that could definitely happen. All righty, so I'm going to share those links over on our Facebook page. But I need to you know, hit play on the last piece of music here in just a little bit. want to thank you all for tuning in once again to Lavender Hill and showing your support by listening to KZUM. I hope that you continue to enjoy what we have to offer here. Uh, Deb is going to be taking over here on the women's show real quick here. And if I can scroll down to it here, she is going to be uh, talking with Ruby Lee, a 16-year-old uh, musical prodigy, if you will, on the Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond segment of the women's show. And then it's that time of the month for Chick Chat. <laughs> So uh, Twyla's going to be setting in with Deb, and they're going to be sharing some of their favorite music from the last month or so by For and About Women. So keep on listening here to KZUM, and keep on keeping on. 